a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Counseling on Demand. I'm your host, Fred Riley. Hey, thank you for tuning in to another podcast. Hey, tell you what, coming up this summer, uh, we've got some cool things. Uh, We've got some couple retreats. We've got some uh, what I call dinner dates that uh, we're going to be starting up. We had one actually uh, about three weeks ago that was really successful, a lot of good feedback, a lot of good information there. So pay attention to our website and and uh, pay attention to these podcasts, and we'll have announcements of some other things that we're doing to help support you and, and your family and, and those that you know and love. So today, what we're going to be talking about is is a little bit of an introduction to a way to reduce um, anxiety, a way to look at yourself and and be mindful of yourself, and patterns that, that uh, you need to pick up on, especially when you find that uh, you're not getting the outcomes that you want. And so we're going to have a, a brief introduction to this mode of therapy. There's actually a therapist that developed this, and that's all that he does if you were to go see him. Uh, this mode of therapy is called Rational Emotive Therapy, uh, or RET. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to use a component of Rational Emotive Therapy. I'll introduce that to you. And what we're going to talk about is when to use rational emotive therapy. We're going to talk a little for a minute about why to use rational emotive therapy. And then we're going to go over a couple of the concepts, the how to use rational emotive therapy. So the when, as you hear in the name, rational emotive therapy, requires that we're in a rational place. And so, so often, the thoughts we have about ourselves, the thoughts we have about others, we are not necessarily in a rational place. We are upset, we're frustrated, and we need to get into a place. The win is getting into a place of calm. And that might be clear up to 18 to 30 hours after an argument. So what I want you to think about before you start applying this is, am I in as rational of a mindset as I can? This is when we've calmed down. This is when we're out of the situation that was stressful. This is when we're not in the proximity of someone that's upsetting, you know, to you. So the win is usually going to happen after a situation when you have some downtime to reflect and when you're more in a place to be objective. And you are, if that's up to you. You really need to uh, watch yourself there not talk yourself necessarily into thinking that you're in a better place. Be real with yourself and say, you know what, I can't use this technique because I'm still upset or whatever. So that's the win. So why use rational emotive therapy? Rational emotive therapy, I love it because it reinforces your own problem-solving abilities. So often we, we go to a therapist, you go to a friend, and the advice they give you is their problem-solving skill. It's their intervention. It's their 
idea, and it doesn't quite match necessarily what is appealing to you. It's more of what they would do. And so when you go through the steps of rational emotive therapy, you are reinforcing to you that you can fix problems, you can come up with solutions. Very good for confidence, very good for feeling like a good decision maker. Um, It also reinforces your ability to self-soothe. So often when we are trying to make decisions, we're trying to figure out why something went bad, you're going to have the tendency to uh, get information from other people and get soothing through someone saying, you know what, you're okay, it's not that bad, you'll do better, you know, you're still really good at this. That is others soothing us. This approach helps you soothe yourself. You're learning that you can think through an issue, you can come up with new ideas, and then you have the ability to get that anxiety down. You have that ability to leave that thought process with new ideas, with new direction. So it's very good for helping you uh, find that you can self-soothe. You also become more aware of what we call overlooked consequences. So another why for doing rational motive therapy is it helps you see consequences of your behavior that we otherwise ignore. And that's kind of the driver of rational emotive therapy. Rational emotive therapy says, if you stop and look at the consequences in different areas, you'll see that you'll see why this way of thinking, this way of acting is, uh, and responding rather, is not effective. So you get to look at and learn from the natural consequences of what's going on. And then solutions, the solutions you come up with are yours. And I mentioned this just a minute ago. The solutions are yours, not others. Therefore, you're more likely to see the logic behind those solutions. You're more likely to follow up with those solutions because they make sense to you, because they're within the scope of what you're willing to do. So solutions get to be yours. You're able to show that you can self-soothe. You're reminding and showing yourself that you have a great problem-solving ability. So let's keep in mind the why as we get ready to go in and talk about uh, how and what to do with rational emotive therapy. Okay, welcome back to Counseling on Demand. Again, I am your host, Fred Riley. So right now we're talking about this idea of learning and changing, observing behavior that's not working for us, adjusting anxiety levels and so forth through this technique uh, called rational emotive therapy. And we talked so far about the when, when to do that, and really encourage you to be self-aware, be honest with yourself when you do this so that when you are ready to take a walk through this process, you want to make sure that you're really ready versus just trying to plow through it. And then we talked about a few reasons why to use rational emotive therapy. Now, in terms of the how, there's a few steps to rational emotive therapy, but we're going to focus on uh, probably the first three, maybe the fourth. And there's an easy way to remember these steps. What you're going to do is you're going to look at what we call the ABCs 
of rational emotive therapy. So let's start with A. A is being mindful of the activating event. So you're going to ask yourself, what, what event activated? What was happening? What was going on at the time that I started to get upset or at the time that I started to feel sick? What was the activating event? So this works with behavior, but I also had, let's look at anxiety for just a minute. I had a, a gal when I worked in the emergency room, and she said to me that uh, she always had headaches, and she it caused her a lot of anxiety. And so we started with the activating event. I said, what's the activating event? And she said, um, headaches. My head starts to hurt. And what she concluded was with her headaches, it certainly meant that she had cancer. So what we did is we first started with the activating event and said, okay, what thought, what experience activates this thought process for you? Now, B is the, uh, it's the irrational belief. The irrational belief, we're going to remember we're doing this during a rational thought process. Well, let's go back to this uh, friend of mine in the emergency room. We had to identify what was her irrational belief. And what it, what it was is that her headache must mean something. And it must mean that it's a sign that she has cancer. Okay. So as you walk through this process for you, your activating event might be that uh, somebody walks away from you when you're talking. That's going to be the activating event. Then you identify that the B, the belief, the irrational belief. The rational belief in that scenario might be they don't think what I have to say is important. Okay, So you're going to get anxiety. You're going to have issues of self-confidence because the activating event, this individual walking away, really feels like the irrational belief that what you have to say isn't important. Okay, so what we're going to do, and as you, as you go through this process, especially the first few times, what I'd like you to do is you identify the activating event, you look at the irrational belief, and there's probably going to be a few irrational beliefs, by the way, and then what you do is you're going to look at C. C stands for represents consequences, and this is kind of the guts of the thing. We want to get a bad uh, taste in your mouth. I want you to get a bad taste in your mouth for the outcome, the consequences of that irrational belief. When we start to see the outcome, the consequences of our irrational beliefs, it gives us a little heads up and a little bit more of a desire to not think that way. So there's there's a way to do this. When you're looking at consequences, you want to look at um, physical consequences, so upset stomach, headaches, um, irritable bowel syndrome, whatever it might be, fatigue. Okay, you're also going to want to look at psychological consequences. I feel bad about myself. I doubt myself. I, I start to feel like I'm not good enough. And then you go through consequences, at least in the physical domain and also in the psychological domain, and you list those, especially if you've never done this before, and what you're doing is you're telling yourself, perhaps for the first time, hey, when, I, when this activating event puts this belief into motion, I really pay the price. I feel alone. I feel lost. People don't want to talk to me. My wife or my husband, my friend is very upset with me. I don't feel good. I get upset stomach. I, I clench my teeth. So we're really helping bring forward to your awareness 
the consequences. So these are the first three steps of rational emotive therapy. The third step is called, um, you're going to counter, you're going to, uh, it's D for disputing that irrational belief. This is where it's hard, okay? What you're going to do is you're going to challenge yourself to say the irrational belief, when someone walks away from me, it means that what I have to say isn't important, and you're going to dispute it in a couple of ways. One way you can say to yourself is, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen? Let's say this person walks away and they, uh, because indeed I didn't say anything funny or I wasn't um, entertaining or I wasn't making sense. So what I want you to do is I want you to say, okay, so what does that mean? What's the worst case scenario there? And what you do is you find yourself saying, um, the worst case scenario is this person will never talk to me again. Well, in disputing the irrational belief, what we want to do at that point is we want to say, okay, what are the odds of this person never talking to me again because uh, I didn't say something funny? And what you're going to see is you're going to start to see that your mind says, wait a minute, this is a little bit overblown. This is a little bit out of hand. So you're going to go to the worst case scenario. Let me give you an example. I had a a guy that uh, really struggled driving on the freeway. He was, in his mind, he uh, was going to cause an accident. So on the way to work, he he almost lost his job. On the way to work, uh, he would pull over on the freeway having this uh, panic attack. And in his mind, what would happen is he would see this this irrational belief would come up as a major, you know, five, six, seven, eight car pileup that he caused for an unknown reason. He was worried that he can cause an accident and not know why. So that, that irrational belief led to consequences like almost losing his job, sweating, very nervous, driving slow. So that's the consequence part. And so when he came in, what we did is we started disputing that irrational belief. And what we did is I said to him, okay, so what's the worst thing that can happen? And he said, well, I, I cause a pileup. And I said, well, no, let's look at this a little bit deeper. And I took him to this place where the worst thing that can happen is he's in a body cast and everybody that is related to others in the accident come to him while he's in this body cast and ridicules and yells and screams at him for his negligence while driving. And he looked at me and he says, well, that will never happen. I said, that's what we're after. What else will never happen? So you start working at what are the odds that I would cause that pileup, especially if I'm that concerned about a pileup happening. So that's one technique in disputing irrational beliefs. There's other techniques that we'll talk about in another podcast. So focusing on when to use rational emotive therapy, you want to be in a calm, cool, collected position. You want to be kind of away from the thing, that activating event, whether it was a person or whether it was an actual event. And then we talked about why. Why do this? And the big takeaway, I think, for that is your ability to see that you are able to do your own problem solving. And then finally, we talked about the first steps, the A, B, C, and D of rational motive therapy. We'd be happy to help you with this more. Please feel free to find us online. You can find us at gettingbacktolife.com. That's gettingbacktolife.com. 